0: I don't know about anybody else, I'm feeling very uh, distressed, saddened, horrified by world events, Uh, feeling collectively a sense of fear and danger and uh, I often end up spiraling in these things, I don't know about anybody else, get triggered and spiraled in these things and uh, I reached out to a careers advisor because I decided I know what I'll do, I'll get caught off my career and I'll... I'll try and focus on that instead. And uh, I reached out to a career advisor because I thought I'd like to do more acting. And I reached out to this career advisor and her advice was, um, you need to not be so needy. Like it's cool when people aren't needy. It's cool when people play it cool and act like they don't care. And like their life doesn't depend on it. And um, that's what will often set you apart from everybody else. Just act like you don't care. You know, nobody wants to see anybody better, do they? She didn't say that. I'm saying that. And... Uh, that's what we're going to talk about today. Do, do, do. Famous with a baby. Nobody likes to see anybody bitter. And my perspective is you've got a fucking right to be bitter. You've got a fucking right to be angry. Are you angry? You should be. Are you bitter? You should be. The fucking shit doesn't work. The social contract is not working for anybody. Everything that we're told is a fucking lie and bullshit. Where is our collective moral fucking compass? Why does A and B not equal C anymore? Why does two plus two not equal fucking four? It genuinely feels like the world is on fire. And I don't know what to do about it, apart from comedy, which is why, guys, ladies and gentlemen, I am going on tour, woohoo! I'm going on tour, I'm announcing my tour today. The show is called Bitter, and it's a rally, and it's a call to arms, and it's also a shit fest, it's not a moan fest, it's, I just feel like the current mood of the country, and of people in general, feels like people are frustrated, Disassociated, confused, and my shows are quite good at picking up the vibe at the time. And my vibe at this time is what the fuck is going on, and how the fuck do we fix it? And so that's what my show Bitter is. And so I have put together a tour i've done this myself this is something that i'm taking myself on tour so i'm doing it with my production company big love productions and i put together 21 dates and i'm really fucking excited to come and be at a venue near you so i hope you can come and see me um it's a really cool show it's a show that i developed in edinburgh i went up to edinburgh on the first two days with a show called bitter and the first two days i won't lie i didn't know what it was and the first few previews i did people did leave and felt like they wanted to kill themselves <laughs> but you know what mate Art is art, like art is art. And it's really hard to do a show called Bitter and make it comedy because nobody wants to be associated with the word bitter. Nobody wants to be associated with that feeling of bitterness. And that made me want to bury my head in it more. Like, oh, you don't want to go there? Let's fucking go there. Like, I wanted to look at it more and understand it because it's how I've been feeling for a long time. And when you call it out and say, this is what the feeling is, I think that's actually really healthy. Like I think all our emotions, every one of them are valid because they're there almost as a compass to direct us into a direction in which to go. So if we're feeling stuck and paranoid and on edge and anxious, something is not sitting right in our environment. Something something needs to change. If you're feeling really happy and content, you know you're on the right path. You know, when you go somewhere and all the lights go green, you know you're on the right path. But if you're somewhere and it feels like every light is turning red, maybe that somebody, somebody somewhere is of telling you move into a different direction and so I wanted to explore this feeling of bitterness and so I put it out there and I asked my audiences what are you bitter about and I think every feeling of bitterness is valid like whether you take it seriously or not is another question but it's valid for a person in a time so people were feeling bitter about things as as simple as you know I can exercise five days a week and eat really healthy and I still have a you know belly fat Bitter about that. Um, I've just got a divorce and he's moved on very quickly. Bitter about that. Uh, there are no world leaders right now that seem to be standing up with any kind of uh, morality or, or dignity or fucking sense that they know what they're fucking doing. Bitter about that. Um, there was people that, like with the Labour Party, they voted against a humanitarian pause. Bitter about that. Um, the cost of living crisis that you go to Aldi and it's now over 100 quid for a family shop. Bitter about that. And there is this collective feeling of, like, just sh- like it's relentless, isn't it? If you think about the last few years what we've had Brexit, COVID, like, it's relentless, right? And now we're seeing it, we were seeing, like, reading in the news recently, looking at the COVID inquiry and seeing the stuff comes up. And it makes us so angry. And these feelings are totally valid, totally valid to feel angry, totally valid to feel frustrated, totally valid to feel lost. Just looking at the news unfold daily, and it's harrowing images that we're seeing left, right and centre. And how do we navigate the world from a place of love and from a place of peace and how do we understand things? And you can read about it, you can learn about it, we can learn more and we need to communicate more and I do think there's a sense of actually we need to get together and converse and talk and listen to each other. Like I think that's desperately, desperately required. I'm really saddened about seeing the division that we're seeing. And so kind of what I wanted to do, all I'm capable of is all I know that I can do is comedy, right? So I can post comedy clips and post comedy shit. And it feels weird to share comedy stuff when the world's on fire. But equally, comedy is a place where we can have valid conversations about difficult things. And so what I like in The Bitter Show is to be able to explore this idea of actually if you're not happy in life or you're frustrated with where you're at, that's very valid. Let's talk about it. And it's not talk about it to have a moan fest. It's talk about it to be like, it is okay to feel these things because it's telling you that something needs to change. And it's a very British ideology. I don't think you've realized this, this idea of like, it's a very working class kind of ideology. We're like, oh, it could be worse. Like it could be worse. It could be lo- worse. And you're like, yeah, it could be worse. But you know what, mate? It could also be a lot fucking better. And how do we get to a place where, it, but because here in the UK, for example, like if we're still here and we're still alive and kicking, we have our freedom, we have it. Like it's been fought for, we fucking have it. So, what are we going to do with it? What do we do with this? And so I'm going on tour, I've booked cities that I'm really, really excited by, I've booked major cities and cities that I haven't been to before. So I'm, I'm booking, I've booked places like Sheffield, which I haven't been to Sheffield for a long time, uh, and uh, I've booked uh, Aberdeen, I haven't been to Aberdeen for a very long time, and I've got Newcastle, Leeds, um, I've got Leicester on there, I've got Brighton on there, I've got Bristol on there, I've got Glasgow on there, I've got Edinburgh on there, I've got Belfast on there really excited and uh, this year it was meant to it's, it it's been 11 years since i've done my valentine's party so i've done my valentine's party for a while and if you know my work you'll know every year so many, many many moons ago uh i used to go out with pascal my best friend on valentine's day and we would drop call each other's ex-boyfriends and get really drunk in a subway and have a really good time subway the sandwich shop so we'd get really drunk with wear spoons and then i say really drunk we had like two smell of anyway that's not the point i i divert uh, you know what i mean point is we um, ended up having real fun. Like we had the best Valentine's Day. Where we were together and just being silly and being playful and having a laugh. And so what we decided to do is, uh, when I created What Would Beyonce Do? It was an anthemic show that was like a party with jokes in. And my audiences were very much girls and gays. That was my audience. That's who I always appeal to. That's who I wanted. And I wanted people from different backgrounds and different cultures and different things. That, for me, was my audience. It was so fucking diverse and exciting. And uh, I always felt like this barrier when it came to my industry of like not recognizing my audience. And so they were like, oh, it's cool what you do, but we don't really get it. Like There was a kind of snobbery towards it. And I was like, this audience is so fucking commercial. It's there for the taking. Like, I love it. And uh, it's really nice to see Taylor Swift and Beyonce do that Down, You know, if any comedy can keep up. Anyway, side note. So what I started doing is I was like, well, why don't I do my show, What Beyonce Do on Valentine's Day? And then I can be like, listen, if you're single, rather than be at home and be a sad sack, come out and hang out with me instead. Come to me on Valentine's Day. So I got my audiences um, to do a show. So I did a show, What Beyonce Do, and then i followed up with a DJ with an after party. And it was the best night of my entire fucking life. And that started in a room that was like 150 seater it was in a basement of this restaurant of this pizza restaurant in Shoreditch and because at the time I used to host something called musical bingo and musical bingo is where you play music instead of numbers and people would go mad for a toaster like I would end up doing this me hosting this bingo and these audiences would go crazy for a cheese toasty maker but then I'd do a joke at a comedy night and nobody would care and I'd be like how do I get people to go mad about my jokes as they do about cheese toasties and musical bingo gave me the education to create what Beyonce do so that show naturally lent itself to a party atmosphere and people used to be like I want to go out dancing now so that's what I did I created this dance fest afterwards we play like power ballads and R&B Sean Paul and Vogue and Celine Dion mate fucking loved it and um, maybe a Lion King track in there why not and it became my favourite night of the year and year on year I would grow it and I would grow it and I would do it by myself and there was never any investment from it so there was never ever corporate money or anything like that, it was very much me putting it on and I'd hire a venue and it got to the point where I was hiring a venue and I remember I had to take out a bank loan to put on the event because it would cost me so much because I would decorate the whole venue I would make it a theme, we've had like a church theme, we've had a museum, I got an art installation of great women throughout history that you should know about um, I had like a circus theme one year, I had a, I had a friend of mine painted as a gold cupid and he was called your ex-boyfriend so when you walked in he'd shout really cool things at you like my mum still talks about you I'm sorry I was a dickhead like just beautiful and um, every year it's been something that I would go to a venue and I would set up uh, at midday with Pascal we'd be there blowing up balloons getting the venue ready putting love hearts in the toilets putting positive affirmations all over all the mirrors setting them and do it all and it would never be a huge return like it was never a money maker but I felt like I invested in my audiences and I invested in my year because that would give me such a great night that year it would be such an anthemic party night that my audiences would support me for the rest of the year. And that Valentine's party is something I'm so proud of, and I built it from scratch at a time when nobody was really interested apart from audiences. And because there hasn't been, an, and because I haven't got the profile and I haven't been able to build that audiences on a, on a bigger scale like I'd like to, like I'd like to be able to do it in arenas now and have it massive and have a full on scale production. Um, but it's been difficult, like if you look, it's been difficult, it's been a hard few years, as we all know. And so, year on year, in the last few years, it's been harder and harder to pull off. I remember one year, I, p- I took a bank loan out for ten thousand pounds, and I put on the show, and it cost me eleven thousand three hundred to put it on, and I made uh, eleven thousand pound back. So I made three hundred pound from nearly nine hundred people in a room, and uh, I still loved it because I was like, "You have got to speculate to accumulate, bitch. That's what you got to do. You have got to keep speculating to accumulate it." But there's a time where you end up with burnout and you end up tired. You end up being like, actually, there's only so much I can keep doing on my own. And so last year, the last few years, the Valentine's party, as much as I've loved them, they've also felt really challenging to keep continuing to pull off because shit's changed. Like I'm getting older. uh, People are changing. Like it's been harder to hold venues. There's been COVID. There's been lockdowns. And uh, I was really happy in lockdown. I created a Valentine's Day party in my living room here. And I had a thousand people tune in. Like a thousand people tune in. And it was all profit, mate. It was all profit. Like, it was dead easy. Like, I didn't have to pay for anything apart from balloons in my house. And then you go back the next year, and you're like, now I'm making everything, and it's going back out again. Like, everything I'm paying for is going back out again. So what what do you do? And last year, I took the show to Manchester, because we haven't done it in Manchester before. And I hired a venue, and I got there. I was there for the whole weekend. I was setting it up. And I won't lie, that night has taken its toll on me. Uh, year after year, because it's become a bit deflating, because you go year on year, it's harder and harder to pull off, it's harder and harder, and it shouldn't be, and it was epic and a wonderful time, and I do kind of feel, I've thought about this recently, that maybe I'm stuck in the past, I think I'm stuck in the 80s, because my dream career is to be on SNL and to be in a movie with fucking John Candy and Eddie Murphy and Whoopi Goldberg and Steve Martin and Robin Williams, right, that's my fucking dream, that's what I would love. But the world has changed. The world is shifting. And I'm kind of holding on to the past. And I kind of want to go with where the green lights are. You know? Go where the green lights are. So if it's red all the time. Maybe just move in a different direction. And now being so aware of the um, of the significance of having a privilege. Not privilege. Of having freedom. That's the word I mean. Of having freedom. And being like, you better make the most of your life, bitch. Like, you better do what makes you happy. And so... With the tour, um, I was anxious because I was like, I want a London date, and it is going to be Valentine's. I don't have the energy or the time or the money to fucking lose this year on a a party. I do want to make it happen, but I'm also aware that, you know, read the room shit's changed it's evolved what would be easier for me what will make it more fun for me so what i've decided to do is this year when i booked all the dates the only date i didn't book was london and a london date came up um on the wednesday so the valentine's party all this at the weekend whereas this one the valentine's day came up in london on the wednesday on february the 14th um valentine's day 2024 And I decided what I'll do is I will compromise and I will put my Valentine's show on Valentine's Day on February the 14th in London at the Clapham Grand and it's called Bitter, which I think is a perfect (laughs) title for a show on Valentine's Day. So we're going to have a bit of a compromise. So what I'm going to do is it's going to be low key this year. It's going to be midweek. And the plan is you're at home and in bed by half eleven. Okay, that's the fucking plan but you will be entered, you'll come in, you'll have a Prosecco reception. So everybody gets a ticket, you'll have Prosecco when you come in or cranberry juice, whatever it is that you fancy, right? You'll have that as you come in, we'll do the show and then I'll play some tunes afterwards and we can have a good time, but then I want it in bed by half 11. How's that sound? I think that sounds like a fucking good plan. So that's what we're going to do this year. So that's the London date, which is going to fall on Valentine's Day. And all the other days are Thursdays, Fridays, and Saturdays. Apart from one on Sunday and I think one on Wednesday, uh, but apart from that, it's all, ther- it's all Thursday, Friday, Saturdays. Um, and I'm really excited to bring this show to you. And the show is very much featuring Bernie. So Bernie, my Bernie's Mountain Dog, she's very much part of the show. And the show is called Bitter. Um, let me read you what it's about, so you can, um, so you can, so you can get an idea of the show and what to kind of expect from it. It is a stand-up show that I wasn't really planning on writing or thinking about writing, but it is. Um, it is something that uh, has developed into something that I'm actually quite excited about. So, I have got uh, working hard doesn't cut it. Whole game feels rigged. You think you can't? Think you can't say that? Just smile, bitch thing is you can't say that just smile bitch write your gratitude journal and manifest be grateful have a positive energy fuck that shit everyone in power seems to be either a self-serving egotistical maniac or have the moral backbone of a flaccid dead fish is it any wonder more women are choosing to stay single and not have children not me not by choice anyway my single childless status is purely thanks my beautiful cock blocking dog she's very protective um oh we need to change that somebody's written something but that's essentially the style of the show so that is it. So I hope you can make it along. I would love to have you there. I would love to have you part of it. I think it's going to be really, really fun. Uh, it's very uplifting. It's been very interesting. When I've done the shows previously, I've been doing them, and I did them. So, and some male comics came to see the show, and some male comics were like, oh, you've got to be careful not to be come across as too bitter. And isn't that in itself interesting, that males will like, pick up on that, don't come across too bitter? And then women came to see the show and the women came out going, oh my God, I felt so seen. Thank you. I felt so fucking seen. Thank you so much. I felt so seen. That was really fucking inspiring. I want to fucking go out there and fucking get it. And I thought, yes, that's what I want, mate. That's what I want. That's how I want people to leave feeling all my shows. I want you to leave feeling fucking moved, feeling fucking excited by fucking shit. Like I want you to feel something. That's the whole point. Um, So yeah, that's... um, that's, just, that's the tour it's on sale now I hope you can come along in the meantime let me know what your bit are about uh, Bernie's got a few lists of what she's bitter about. One thing she's bitter about is when I say let's go for a walk, and then I sit down just to write one more email. And uh, more recently, she was bitter about how the uh, clocks changed—you know, daylight saving hours—because it feels like five o'clock, which is dinner time, but it's only four o'clock, and I'm not moving and giving her dinner. So she let me know about it for a good hour. She was very grumpy. It's very hard for doggies. I think I think I don't think it's fair for doggies that they have to follow uh, daylight saving hours. It's not fair for the little Tommy. It's like they're very anal with their. Timings? Does your dog do that? Very protective and uh, like knows exactly what time it is. So we'll start like if it's one minute past five, she's like. Mm. Actually, if it's one minute two five and she's not done moving, she's like, mm. she knows this shit. They fucking know this shit. Um so I hope to come and see I hope you can come and see me on tour. Come and join me. I'm excited. Tickets are on sale now, LouisaRomin.com forward slash tickets. This podcast was sponsored by Louisa bit of Tour. Uh coming to a town near you. Be touring from February until April next year. And then I'm gonna film it and release it, I'm sure. We'll do something with it. We'll do something cool with it. Um but I'm excited. And I've tried to keep tickets as affordable as possible. So across the board, tickets are 16 pounds apart from the Valentine's, they're 30. Um, but tickets across the board are 16 pounds. Um uh, p- and you, then you have to have venue tickets stuff and shit on on top of that uh that stuff that can't really help. I want to try and keep them as affordable as possible um so that to make sure that people can come and have a good time and uh it's uh it's a fun it's a fun fucking show, and I think it's different to stuff that you would have seen before, but I think it kind of helps i think it helps I think it helps like I'm excited to do it, and I'm excited for you lot to see it. I feel like it's I feel like it's, a, it's the right time for it. so I hope to see you there thank you for listening big love and um i'll see you guys next week for another episode of do 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 famous with a baby bye